Welcome to Forging Plowshares. We hope you enjoy this conversation and are challenged by it. Please stay tuned at the end of the podcast for a short message about our ministry. And so if you're not understanding the psychoanalytic stuff, I can explain it. Or if you're understanding what I'm saying without understanding the psychoanalysis, that's that's fine too. It's think I'm, not, that, I'm, not, I'm not very analytic, but I am a psycho. There, <laughs> well, that's me. Quote of the day. That is quote of the day. <laughs> oh, whoops. This is being recorded. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. I'm fascinated by, by I haven't really looked at your book closely. Can I ask you a quick question? I just happened. Was it, did you say that you were studying Zizek? Yeah, Slavoj Zizek. Crazy. Wow. Yeah, because I'm fam- well familiar with him through the work of Peter Rollins. Yeah, yeah, I know. Rollins is a big fan of, of, of his. Yeah, yeah. I've run across him with John Caputo and some of those fellows. So. Yeah, I'm doing something very different, of course, than Peter Rollins or Caputo in that, well, I'm not an atheist. <laughs> <laughs> Just one God away from it. Yeah. <laughs> we got the continent covered. Uh, Tim is in Canada. Alan, tell, explain where you're at in Mexico. Uh, I'm in Manzanillo, which is on the uh, west coast. Tiny state, nobody really cares about it in Mexico. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm working with a church mission. I've been uh, working as main uh, missionary there for the last two years, but I have been helping here for like 10 or 11 years. It's been a while. <laughs> what I was saying about Zizek, Tim, he has, you know, he's done a lot of in-depth work on Romans chapter 7. And he's done it from a psychoanalytic perspective. And, of course, he's done it from an atheistic perspective. It was actually Lacanian psychoanalysis that first had a, an appreciation of Romans chapter 7. And so my own entry has, has used the psychoanalytic material. It, it is, I think, illustrative of what's there. So it's not like I'm dependent upon these guys. Right, I think. Right. As Zizek would put it, he's dependent upon Paul, and that for, from his perspective, that what psychoanalysis is doing is simply a repetition of what he sees Paul doing in chapter 7 of Romans. I think he's correct. I think that, hey, hey. I think that now, where he, obviously where he's not correct and where Peter Rollins and Caputo are a little bit Rollins is just saying, oh, let's do Zizek, you know. Well, Zizek's an atheist. Right, right. And sometimes I'm not sure that Rollins, he seems to be sort of, too, kind of a believing atheist. I'm not sure what that is. Well, at least for Lent. Yeah. (laughs) He does atheist for Lent, whatever that means. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matt, you've all been awaiting your arrival. With bated breath. Yes, with bated breath. Matt is recently married. For some reason, no, he, yeah. he tricked a woman into marrying him. She did not talk to me previously. Uh, He's happily yeah. married. How long have you been married now, Matt? Uh, for about three weeks. So if you guys need any marriage advice, just let me know. <laughs> Trenton is just out of surgery. How, when did you have surgery? Um, actually, what time is it? I got out of surgery two hours ago last Monday. So. Wow. Okay. 
You know, I, I'm not very clear. I told Trenton, let's meet up. And he said, well, I really can't get out tonight. <laughs> and of course, I hadn't explained we're meeting in the computer. So. I was wondering how that was going to work out. I was like, how many people around are going to be in this class? Um, we were just talking about the book and, and what all of the commentators that I know of, unless you know of somebody I don't, they're going to be doing a traditional justification theory. That's just the state of the, the situation. The question is, what are we wanting the commentary to do for us? Any good commentary is going to be providing you some historical background, and then it's going to give you the wrong reading, that it's going to be setting up some sort of justification theory. That may be helpful, though. In other words, it may be helpful to say, okay, here is this reading, and now what would be an alternative understanding of that? And this is going to be especially problematic in the first four chapters, because they're all going to be working the same program. And my, what I'm saying is that, well, actually, we need to read the first four chapters in light of what we have in chapter six to eight. And in chapter 68, it's clearly not the traditional justification theory or the idea that, that we're working according to some legal parameters. And my reading, and of course, I'm happy to have you challenge me on my reading to see if it's working out. But this is the work by Douglas Campbell. You know, Douglas Campbell is providing... I don't buy his reading, his theory about, you know, what he's saying about chapter 1, verse 18. He's saying, oh, that's not written in the voice of Paul. That's a, a rhetorical strategy. That is not a necessary move, and it seems to be a strained move. But what he does very nicely is to say, well, here is the traditional understanding, and here is the inherent contradictions in it. I do that a little bit in my opening lecture. I say, okay, here, you know, in a typical justification theory, that what they're going to be saying is that in Romans 1.18, oh, look, we have a natural knowledge of God that gives us access to who God is. And justification theory, understand what I mean by that. I'm really referencing atonement theories, but it is sort of Western Christianity as it's been given to us through uh, divine satisfaction, Anselm of Canterbury, and through, obviously, Augustine's notion. It's Augustine's notion of Romans chapter 5. It's just a direct misreading of Romans 5. He's working with a mistranslation in the Latin Vulgate, and the Western tradition has followed Augustine in their reading of Romans. One thing has caused the other. First of all, understand that there's a whole half of the church, the Eastern tradition, that has not followed Augustine in this, and it's just, I think, a blatant misunderstanding. But then once you understand the misunderstanding, this is the way in which typical justification theory has gotten launched. And then you have Anselm and you have Calvin. And so what I'm doing throughout, you know, my book is focused on chapters six to eight. Once you get a reading an understanding of chapter six to eight in place, then you can go back and see, well, this is really what Paul's not doing anything different in one to four. But if you're doing justification theory or the, the way that atonement theory usually works, if they're going to do it, it, they're going to do it in chapters one to four, 
and they're going to necessarily misread it. It's going to have to set up a kind of conflict with chapter 6 to 8. The project, in part, is to say there is no conflict. The conflict is in our typical understanding of, you know, what, it, what a human being is, what salvation is, the basic understanding that we might have when we come to God. And when we say justification theory, probably the most extreme part of that is Calvin's penal substitution, but it's also divine satisfaction as you have it in Anselm. I don't see a huge departure between those two things. I'm giving you a bit of reading on Douglas Campbell. I'm agreeing with his critique of traditional justification theory. In other words, we need to do this differently. Otherwise, we're going to end up with a conflict between 1 to 4 and 6 to 8, and then obviously 9 to 11. We're not going to know how to read that. But I think if we get 6 to 8 correct, and what are we saying about 6 to 8? That salvation then is depicted as a participation in Christ. And what I mean by that, the way in which, well, we, we have this agonized situation in which we struggle to keep the law, and we can't keep the law, and then we feel bad, and then we recognize we need Christ. That is a, a picture that we have projected, I think, onto the way that people were. You know, Alan can probably tell us, and I can certainly indicate being in Japan, that's not really the way people work. <laughs> the traditional picture of justification theory, that people are in some way agonizing ethically and some way inherently recognize, oh, there is a God, and this God is omniscient and omnipotent, and he's a lawgiver. Oh, really? Is that something people just naturally understand? I've never met anybody that naturally understands that. And so it's a conflict there in Romans and I think it's just, first of all, it's just not, it's a conflict we've projected on Romans. It's not there. That's uh, the kind of the universal reading you get. And it really doesn't matter whether you're Arminian or Calvinist or, it really doesn't matter. This sort of is what's projected across the board in the Western tradition. I guess I was thinking about, you know, I, I got Campbell's book, which by the way, weighs about 25 pounds. <laughs> um, I think it's about 1,200 pages, and it's, uh, I think it's uh, the fruit of, what was it, like 15 years of research that he, that he put in, and um, I think it's really interesting, and it's like, some of this stuff, it's like, I, I honestly, like, when I first started to take Paul's classes, I thought, boy, this, this stuff sounds really confusing, you know, abstract and stuff like that, but I guess having come in full circle, actually, I think that what you're doing is you're presenting the gospel in in much simpler terms than you normally hear, or at least I heard it. So my background, I came um, became a Christian probably about 13 years ago, but before that, I had been studying a lot of theology and philosophy. And if I had any sort of Christian background, it was more of a Calvinistic background. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty kind of aware, I guess, of that conversation. And I was just think about at the heart of what most atonement theology does. That is, is that my understanding uh, before I started to understand what I think Paul Axton is teaching and what others are doing is that God basically takes an innocent person in Christ and declares him guilty and then takes a bunch of guilty people and declares them innocent. Isn't that sort of a legal fiction, right? That, okay, so you're taking the, the, the truly innocent one, the Christ, and God is saying, you're guilty. And then you're taking the truly guilty humanity and saying, you're innocent. 
by some sort of stroke of, of legal, I don't know what, you know. But in other words, so once you make that move, to me, a lot of this stuff starts getting very complicated. To me, that's a very difficult thing to sort of, well, how does that work out? Because, you know, Christ became sin. Okay, and so we can talk about that, but I guess to, without rambling on and on, to me, what Campbell is doing and what you're trying to do, Paul, is to take something that is often made much more complicated than what it really is. In other words, is it, is it that God is just declaring us righteous? righteous? Is that what justification is? That God is, is, is saying something about theoretically, it? Theoretically. Theoretically, which is what Campbell's point is, a theoretical justification, or is he actually making us righteous, right? Like, to me, there's a bit, or maybe it's both, right? And maybe those two go, go hand in hand. Um, but I think that what really struck me about you know, what, what Paul's doing, kind of like the affinities between, and I haven't gotten too far into Campbell, but it sounds like what you guys are doing is very much a very practical, holistic, lived out, concrete gospel, good news that Paul is proclaiming that God wants to transform, you know, a sinner into a saint, which, you know, for someone like me is really, really great news. <laughs> so yeah, I, think, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I hope we didn't jump too far ahead, but go ahead. That is the, the project. It is, I, I think that, that it is very simple, that it coheres, that there is a reading of Romans, there's a reading of the gospel, in which we don't need to make leaps of illogic. And I think that we've all been kind of forced to swallow hard when it comes to explaining the atonement. Why did Christ die? That's the, the basic question of Christianity. The explanation you get, he died for God to satisfy God's wrath. It's slightly different in Anselm to satisfy God's honor. I think that's not what Paul's saying. Paul is saying Christ died in order to rescue us. He died in order to, to deliver us from the slavery of sin and death. I think that Campbell takes us almost there. But I think the reason he needs to do what he does in one to four, he still is not seeing the deep nature of what Paul is doing in six to eight. And interestingly, I think this is why, I think this is why the psychoanalysts help us a little bit. There is a deep reading that is simply there. But, you know, that sounds pretentious. Oh, I'm doing a deep reading. Well, everybody's doing a deep reading. If we can get rid of typical justification theory. Uh, I don't want to lose you. In other words, if you're sitting there and I'm, I'm saying stuff that you're not following. It's just said I've been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Stop. Yeah. And then Paul, I was going to ask you, I don't know if, are you, are you broadcasting from your, from your basement or are you in the dark, you in like the deep, okay. it's like a compound or something like that where you're, <laughs> is it a secret location? <laughs> the mole man. This is some. Hey, this is this is some counter. You know, uh, this is some revolutionary stuff. So I get it. I mean, if you're if you need to, to broadcast from the bowels of the of the you know the compound, I understand. This is some serious stuff. Faith keeps me down in the coal room of this old house, and every now and then she lets me come out. You need to get your lighting technician. You know, whoever whoever handles the lighting there in your studio, you gotta you gotta give that guy a, you know, some threat or something. 
I'll, 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 if, if we don't have any te technical problems, then it's not a plowshares class. <laughs> That's right. That's right. This is how we do things in this in this course. <laughs> My light. I have a fan up here. Well, you can't see it. Yeah. It's dark, and the light broke on it, so I have no central light up here. It's not really that pleasant looking at me. Did I, did I miss the, the class introductions? I know Alan. I know Trenton. I'm Matt. I'm, uh, I'm Tim from Canada, Vancouver, BC. Tim works with CIY? -I no, youth with YWAM. YWAM, I'm sorry. YWAM. Y -Wam. And uh, hey, Matt, I'm Austin. I went to Central too. <clears throat> hey, Austin. I'm sorry to hear that. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> and Matt, explain what oh. you're. I uh, explain your work. I'll be more specific this time. Yeah, you said, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "I." That's such a huge question. But uh, I'm a theology nerd, and I like to to read theology. And Paul's one of my best friends, so it's been. A, I'm 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 so excited that we have some more interest, and I hope to see squares all over this screen at some point. You know, with people from all over the world, but. I'm so glad to, to meet you guys and to get to get started. And, uh, you know, Paul said the other day that in Romans, you know, in this class, it's like it's it's everything. It's all there. What you do with, with the reading of Romans, I think it's going to pretty much, uh, ha you know, dictate your your Christianity. Is that saying too much, Paul? I think that's accurate. If, if Paul, if it's all right, I can do a quick plug. I'm, I don't know if you guys know, but I'm, uh, I'm David Bentley Hart's Minister of Propaganda. And the Indiana wing, but no. Uh, in all seriousness, I have found his translation of not only Romans but of the New Testament to be supremely helpful for some of these issues. He, um, if so, I would say. I mean, guys. I mean, I like to read. I got a lot of books. That's probably the favorite book that I own. I reference it daily. He, whether you agree or disagree, the way that he handles some key theological and technical terms and the way that he explains them, the reason why he chooses to translate them, the way that he does is just very helpful to understand kind of like I think the parameters of the conversation. Um, he has a very helpful, uh, it's called the concluding scientific postscript in the back of the New Testament where he explains why he chooses to translate, you know, translate the words that he does. Key words like justification, certainly important uh, words and concepts that appear throughout Romans are, are handled there. You know, of course, he's going to give you a footnote there in chapter 5 to give you a quick background on the whole Augustinian misreading. I guess I couldn't recommend that translation more highly. Um, I do think that it's going to give, I just read through Romans again the other day, and I got to say, just comparing it with our, you know, NRSV, it is going to give you a, a bit of a fresh reading. And we could talk about whether or not he's right about some stuff. But I guess that's the end of my pitch there. But it's well worth the, the 25 bucks or whatever it is. Um, it's not meant to be used in your preaching and stuff like that. It's, it's meant to be a reference guide. But I would say it's an invaluable tool. Have you been into Canvas, Matt? I'm, I'm, I'm here now. Alan, tell him. It's already written there. That's that. That's one of the resources that we're using for the class. It's all in the syllabus. But I, I'm under contract with David. You know, to any any <laughs> Hart is Eastern Orthodox, and so he's not burdened by so much theology that we get in the West, and that's reflected in the translation, and then also in his end notes. I've got it pre-ordered. It was so good. I'm pre-ordering his next book too. 
Yeah, on universalism. Yeah. Oh, Matt will be promoting that too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I already have this. How can you have it? It's not out yet, is it? <laughs> no, no, no. I've already been promoting it. Oh. I had a boot, bootleg copy. <laughs> we have a school, SBS here, YWAM School of Biblical Studies. Pretty much all justification nonsense. I mean, a uh, product. And um, they had a, 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 a Moo, Moo. Is it Richard Moo? Douglas Moo. Is that any good? Douglas Moo. Uh, Douglas let, me Moo. Say, let me say this about Douglas Moo. Of the guys doing justification theory, typical Calvinist, he's the best. Oh, okay. And what I mean by that, he is, he's thoroughly Calvinist. And so you're going to get that reading. But he's also at times better than that. On an issue, you can't write anybody off. You just can't say, oh, this guy's... Because Moo, on an issue like chapter 6 on baptism, I actually kind of like what Moo's doing there. I think he actually, you know, if you take a typical Zwinglian understanding, if, you know, if I had to choose Moo over Dunn on Romans 6, I would go with Moo. Now, that's strange, because you wouldn't think, because, Dun, you know, Moo was obviously not new perspective. Or, right. I, I never found anything, anybody. Wright is always pushing the same program, and that is that he wants to find Exodus everywhere. When we come to chapter 7, he's going to be pushing that program. When we come to 9 to 11, you know, in chapter 7, it's not so harmful, it comes out. But when we get to 9 to 11, I'm afraid that right stuff is just going to confuse the issue. I'm being cr critical, but obviously he's still working with the same, same issues. Is everybody happy? Any, any, uh, any other problems? It's awesome. All right. Okay. Thank you, guys. All right. Goodbye. Take Bye -bye. care, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Forging Plowshares. You can learn more and join our growing community by visiting forgingplowshares.org. Please consider supporting at patreon.com slash paulaxton or by donating at forgingplowshares.org slash donate.